Good. Good evening, everybody. Max Gordon here from Lion Man Rewilding. I hope everybody's really well. It's Monday evening, and uh, we're going to have a great episode tonight, um, as my wife is laughing in the distance. So, um, yeah, I hope everybody's week went well. A little update for us. We, we added new, two new locations. Um, well, not necessarily, I should say, we have locations in Florida, New York, and Jersey, but we added two new time slots, one in New Jersey and one in Florida, so we can check out um, our ongoing um, class schedule for that. And we have a special evening tonight planned. Um, we're going to be talking about um, we're going to talk about some more uh, temperate food forests and a few more pages in, of uh, tracking wisdom. Um, again, we're brought to you by Lineman Rewilding, or primarily an in-person school teaching survival skills um, throughout the East Coast, and we're looking to expand into different states. Um, and hopefully we're going to have our online course, mini course on foraging, live by the end of the month. So fingers crossed, that's where what I have a, creating a deadline for myself to have that ready. But And a lot of things have to fall in place before that to happen. So let's just work together on that. Um, and so yeah, I hope everybody's doing really well. And why not jump into what we have? Um, okay, so back um, to uh, John Hershey's um, farm. And then this this person uh, from Shelterwood Forest Farm is talking about chestnuts. Chestnut Cassinea mollicima, species of Lepidoptera, uh, moths and butterflies supported up to 127 different species. That's, that's really awesome. Um, Hershey, he writes, Hershey started growing Japanese chestnuts, but in the late 1940s was convinced that the Chinese chestnuts were superior for our region. Throughout the literature, he, he repeatedly recommended growing seedlings, as they come fairly true from seed and grafted trees can be risky. He offered seedlings from two varieties he named, a timber Chinese chestnut that he dubbed Sky Climber and he recommended for timber plantings, as well as a variety he called Abundance, whose seedlings, he said, were often better than the grafted parent. Furthermore, he recommended planting black locust at 6 by 6 feet spacing in between chestnuts and walnuts in, in order to fix nitrogen and push the growth of the nut trees. Interesting. Yep. Could, could test that. You know, the some of the spaces that I work when we often see... Um, black walnut and uh, locusts are growing up. And uh, my experience right now has been, when, for example, in locusts, you can cut the, the tree to the stump and it'll grow back, um, especially because it can be used for a um, black locust and honey locust can use for a timber. Um, however, I've been cutting it a little too low because I can tell because the deer have been browsing it um, and not letting it regenerate. So I think I'm experimenting with gonna cut it a little higher. Um, so that was a little bit about um, chestnut, and then next week we'll get into walnut, um, and then jumping ahead to tracking. Um, the origin of tracking says um, the landmarks and the evolution of tracking. In the previous sections, we have looked at how tracking may have evolved. In this section, we will look at key landmarks that may give an indication of when and where the different levels of tracking may have evolved. It is possible that tracking was first developed to find animals such as aardvark and porcupine sleeping in burrows. Hunters have all day to track the animal, and when an occupied burrow is found, 
the animal does not run away. However, this may only have been possible when hominins adapted to marginal arid environments. Major steps in the evolution of African hominins, and in particular the, genus, the origin of the genus Homo, and the evolution of Homo erectus are co coincident with shifts in more arid, open conditions near 2.7 to 2.5 million to 1.9 to 1.7 million and 1.1 to 0.9 million years ago. First appearance and extinction events, as well as key behavioral milestones clustered between 2.9 and 2.6 million, and again between 1.9 and 1.6 million. The expansion of grasslands across the Pliocene-Pleistocene transition has been linked to global climate change and major developments in the hominin clad, such as the more obligate bipedalism, meaning people who we that we, now we walk on two feet um, instead of climbing or crawling or, or on four feet on four limbs of the genus Homo, increase in encephalization that means that means gro um, growing of the skull of the head and reduction in tooth and gut proportions, uh, meaning a change in diet. Evidence suggests that hominins were actively hunting at least by the time that Homo erectus appears, circa 1.9 million years ago. It is therefore possible that systematic tracking may have evolved with the evolu evolution of Homo erectus as much as 2 million years ago. So before Homo sapiens, there were other species of humans, and we must have learned from them in some way. Initially, Homo erectus may have pr practiced persistence, persistence hunting in habitats like the Kalahari, but did not have the skill to do persistence hunting in harder terrain, where it would have done mainly scavenging. Only when a certain level of tracking skill developed would, would persistence hunting have been possible in more difficult terrain, ter uh, in more difficult areas, i.e. in extremely hard rocky terrain, it may never have been possible. Continuing. Tracking probably did not evolve subsequent, sub, sub, um, excuse me, tracking probably did not evolve sequentially at the same time throughout Africa. Depending on the terrain, each level of tracking may have have originated in the Kalahari. Um, wait, where am I? Just lost track. Tracking probably did not evolve sequentially in, at the same time throughout Africa. Depending on the terrain, each level of tracking may have originated in the Kalahari since in the largest continuous stretch, which which is the largest continuous stretch of sand in the world, and then radiated out to a patchwork of areas elsewhere in Africa where the terrain made that particular, particular level of tracking and persistence hunting possible. Only with the invention of the bow and arrow would it have been possible for humans to hunt and track in all types of terrain. The instability of climate during glacial and interglacial periods may have resulted in a number of disruptive environmental changes from about 200 to 70,000 years ago. Modern humans emerged in Africa by about 200,000 years ago. Um, it is possible that humans at that time may have had the potential to practice speculative tracking. The long glacial stage, known as the marine isotope stage 6, lasted from um, 195,000 to 123,000 years ago when it was cool and arid with expanded deserts. With the change towards wetter conditions about 123,000 years ago, increase in grasslands 
and then woodlands would have selected for increasingly sophisticated speculative tracking. Speculative tracking would have been a prerequisite for hunting with, a, with bow and arrow, for which the earliest evidence was found at two sites in South Africa and dates to 64,000 years ago and 71,000 years ago, respectively. Evidence of symbolic activities including both red ochre and seashells that were clearly collected for their aesthetic appeal date back to 110,000 years ago in South Africa. Abstract representations engraved on pieces of red ochre recovered from Blombos Cave in South Africa suggest that, at least in Southern Africa, Homo sapiens was behaviorally modern about 77,000 years ago. Evidence of advanced cognitive abilities may indicate the potential intellectual capacity to practice speculative tracking and therefore scientific reasoning. Evidence of art may also be indirect evidence of science. It is therefore likely that speculative tracking and therefore creative science evolved at least by 70,000 years ago, possibly more than 100,000 years ago. It has been suggested that genetic evidence supports the hypothesis that modern humans originated in Southern Africa. If speculative tracking evolved in Southern Africa, then it is possible that the Kalahari may have played an important role in the evolution of tracking and the origin of creative science. So I know this is a little bit of a shorter episode today, um, but I know it's getting late for me here and I have uh, some more important work to catch up tomorrow. Um, and I just wanted to show up today and uh, say that, you know, it's some drama today, some homeschooling drama, but nothing that, um, nothing that we can't handle. And I just want to thank you all for your continuous support um, and your trust in our programs. Um, and your trust in, in me as the founder and leader, one of the leaders of this program. Um, and know that um, you're in good hands and, um, and we're going to do great work together. Um, whether it's in person or indirect or online um, or it's just reading this or listening to this. I appreciate your follower, you following us, um, especially for those who've been here with, with me for a long time. It's been quite a journey and I just want to say thank you again. Um, and I hope that someday, if we haven't met, we will. And um, giving, sending anybody, everybody um, greetings and thanks um, and blessings on your amazing evening. Thank you so much.